This is the Sweet Bites with Sandra podcast. The College of Style community just launched and you're invited to join for free. Yes, for free. So what exactly is the College of Style community? Well, it's a place for like-minded entrepreneurs just like you to connect. And it's a private community that shows you how to build and monetize an unforgettable online business so that you can work from wherever you want and live to make your impact. We focus on personal branding, visual design, and digital marketing for business. So how do you join? Well, it's pretty easy. Just visit www.collegeofstylecommunity.com and join today. Inside of the community, you'll be able to access premium courses and groups, exclusive member-only merchandise, course discounts, daily business tips, monthly giveaways, and so much more. I can't wait to see you inside of the community now. So visit www.collegeofstylecommunity.com and snag your free Canva templates right there in our handy dandy resource library. Join the College of Style community today. You're listening to Sweet Bites with Sandra with your host, Dr. Sandra Coltimedici. Follow on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Twitter at Dr. Sandra Coltimedici. You can listen to select episodes of the podcast live on Fireside and learn about upcoming course announcements, coaching programs, working one-on-one with Sandra, and new template releases by visiting collegeofstyle.com. Find digital marketing strategies and social media updates on Sandra's Facebook group at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash college of style. Join Sandra on TikTok, Pinterest, and Twitter at College of Style and subscribe today to Sandra's newsletter. It's called Link in Bio and you can find it on LinkedIn to learn more about links that make you click. This is your personal invitation to join Sandra's community at collegeofstylecommunity.com today. Hi, I'm Sandra, and I'd like to invite you to subscribe and listen to my new podcast, Sweet Pipes with Sandra. Satisfy your entrepreneurial sweet tooth in each episode full of digital business tips, inspiring interviews, asides from my entertainment career, and rewards to celebrate your sweet success. Find Sweet Bites with Sandra on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Thank you so much for joining me on episode 63 of the Sweet Bites with Sandra podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Sandra Coltimedici, and I have a very special guest with me today for the interview. His name is Kelly Max, and he is the founder and CEO of Solve. And Solve, by the way, is going live, yes, for Android and iOS on the 20th of January. If you haven't had a chance to check out the Solve platform, it is social audio panel style, 15 minute rounds of getting things solved. Yes, getting different opinions about different topics that matter to you. So stay tuned for the interview. Are you struggling to find the perfect gift for yourself this Valentine's Day? (laughs) Yes, I said for yourself, because you know what? Start with you this Valentine's Day. Start with loving yourself, completely, wholly, authentically loving you. I love you for listening to this podcast, and I want to treat you this Valentine's Day with a very special gift. When you purchase any physical product on the shopcollegeofstyle.com website, you will get a free Valentine's Day 
Friday template bundle created just for you in Canva. So head on over to the shop and treat yourself because you gotta love yourself first, especially on Valentine's Day. Free gift with physical product purchase ends February 14th, 2022. When you create a product or service, Think about how the user is going to experience your brand from the buttons on your website to the vibe of your photos to the word selection that you use for your emails. Think about all of these things so that when the user is actually experiencing your brand that they want more. Is your business not connecting or converting your followers online? Book your brand audit today by visiting collegeofstyle.link forward slash brand audit. I look forward to working with you to move the needle on your business and jumpstart your 2022 with strategic messaging and up-leveled visual branding. Click the link and I'll talk to you soon. My guest today, his name is Kelly Max, and he's the founder and CEO of Solve. And we are going to get right into talking with him about what that is and what it means for social podcasting. Thank you for joining me, Kelly. Hi. Kelly Max is the founder and CEO of Solve, which is the first social podcasting platform. I actually just did a Solve with Kelly about, I think we were talking about getting all the new fancy features of social media into your uh, marketing objectives for small businesses. So tell everyone what exactly Solve is. Solve is the idea of a global equal diverse community that is in service of each other and that allows more than just the one percent that create content today that we consume every day to create and to show up with their experience their expertise and find value in what they have to contribute to this world the technology obviously is key to make these connections and it's in service of all the people involved but Solve is really this idea of this, This I always say it's the largest, it's not yet, but you always have to talk about what it will be and the largest global diverse and equal community that's, that's in service of each other and uh, through voice, um, through a short format in 15 minutes where you address a single question or topic uh, in a panel format of panels of two, three, four, or five with time speaker segments. And so the equality aspect comes in by having very specific time allocated to your perspective. And uh, that's different than what's out there today. Today, we talk on a format where you and I have to navigate how long do I talk? How long do you talk? Uh, I tend to be one of these people in the room that is the loudest. And I feel that we have to change that. Uh, we have to give more people a voice and an opportunity to contribute. And so we narrowed in on reducing the entry barriers to create content and to create personal brand for a lot of people out there that always get stuck or are intimidated by this artificial world, this digital world that we created on social media um, and the algorithms that keep us in bubbles and that doesn't open our life's up to a broader worldview. When you were talking about, you know, where it could be, I just realized that you're giving me Steve Jobs vibes with your outfit today. I'm like, <laughs> and, and, you know, very, you know, when you're talking about where it could go, I was like, you never know. And so when I talk about the future, I really want to talk about where you've come from. So how did you 
start because creating a whole new way of social podcasting is not something that people do like on a whim. I mean, maybe you could do it like tomorrow, but I, I think this has layers and layers and phases of evolution. So where did you begin in tech and how did you decide that this was like gonna be like come to fruition? The layers are very interesting and, and you, you kindly sent me a few questions that I could think of and I'm actually in this phase in my life, I'm unpacking more and more where it's coming from and I believe that it is all of it and, and together all of it. And it starts with my upbringing. I was born in Germany uh, in a small town next to Heidelberg where I grew up and uh, I have five sisters. I was the only boy uh, in that house. Uh, that already allows you or has, you know, pushes you to navigate where the world is slightly different. You're pushed to be the protector, but at the same time, you also get to know the other side of the gender spectrum in a very intense way. And it started there because we had a big family and you had to collaborate and you had to share work. Additionally, my, my house, my, my parents uh, were very Christian and modern Christian, I would say, and that always instilled good values uh, in me. Not that I was self always drawn to it. I was actually pushed away. Uh, because we had to go to church every Sunday and, and things like that. And it kind of pushed me away and made me think about it and make it, create an understanding of the world around me myself. And so it drove me actually away from home to the United States. Uh, a little bit later, there was a step in between where I had helped build a company. But it drove me to explore the world that's being judged also in my house and the the, the idea of making money and is that good and uh, how do we navigate? Long story short, I think these values were the foundation for me to be a people person, to be a, per a giver, to get energy from engaging with other people. And I did that all my life through exhaustion, which made me an expert in social interaction. And I brought that expertise to all the projects and all the endeavors that I've done and it's what always got me in the door, no matter if it was somebody wanting me to work for their company or me going after an impossible deal in the SaaS B2B space, like winning Daimler or Nike over SAP, Workday, Oracle that have endless capital. We were a small vendor company that I ran. And it was the people connection that made this happen. It was not the product. It was not the great branding. All of these play a role, but at the end, I know because I asked them, I'm always curious, like, why do you like to work with me? Um, why do you, why did you decide to go with Hoff, the company that I worked for? And it really comes down to people saying, you know, Kelly, and that was very early in my career, one of my first clients, that was the first time when I said, look, you know, I'm 23, I want to tell my team how to navigate this, and I seem to be quite successful. Why do you want to work exclusively with me? And he said, you know, Kelly, when you come into the room, the sun goes up. And another board member said the same thing, you know, when, when I asked him, and he said, you know, Kelly, when you come in, the room shines. And so I took that to heart and I really tried to understand what that means. And it's somewhat teachable, but maybe not. There's a, and I think when you talk about these layers, 
it comes from my upbringing and from that love that we had around our house um, and this giver mentality that I was then able to combine and merge with this idea of becoming very successful and making, taking that and bringing it to the world. And it took me quite a while to get there, but with Solve, we now really have this opportunity to do this on a large scale. Yeah, I mean, it's so funny because I, I knew I heard a little bit of an accent, but I was like, he's from Vancouver. <laughs> so I was like, I, I didn't really, you know, put the two and two into connection for Germany. But um, so as someone with this kind of evolution from another country to the United States, you know, I, there are so many people who may even think of your story and be like, I want to do that, right? I want to go on that journey too. And not necessarily exact same steps, but what are some of the things that you would say maybe to your younger self that you would have loved to avoid or loved to have hopped over that step or, or maybe even acknowledge like I had to go through that to get to where I am? I had to go through the steps to get to where I am. My journey was first company, six people. I joined as a sales rep. Two weeks in, I told the CEO, I want your job. So tell me what I have to do. And he looked at me and he laughed. Half an hour later, he came out of the room with his co-founder. He said, take your things and I'm gonna sit you in front of my office. You're gonna be here every morning at eight and you're gonna be at your desk at eight. And you're gonna pick up the phone and you can do 200 calls and see if you can get in. It was a staffing recruiting firm, so we had to reach out to a lot of people. But the fact that I took my own destiny in my hands that way by speaking out what I felt was the first step for me to get attention and to get an opportunity to work extremely hard, but be directly connected to the founder of this company. And that was important because I became kind of the prince of the company. I always say I didn't have shares, but I, we built it from a $2 million business to a $200 million business in seven years, which for Germany, doubling revenue every year was huge, right? It's like, if you think about, you know, Silicon Valley and, you know, the hype in the US, but for Germany, we were kind of like this, this sh showcase of how to do it, but we did it and he did it in, and I don't want to exclude myself, but he did it extremely harsh, you know, hire and fire. It was like this very typical hire and fire mentality, hire a hundred people, fire 50 out of these 50, the, the lowest 20 will be top performers. And so after a while, I was always the, he was the, the heart leader and I was that love leader. And so I was always in between and he needed me because I was able to speak to the people and I was able to communicate to the people in a different way. But I learned a lot of strategy from him. I learned a lot of strategic thinking, tactics, but I applied it with my own values and we ended up in very different places, uh, which was interesting. Um, so I learned there that you can go big with a lot of work, but there's certain ways that you need to align with that are okay with your values and what you have to say or what you try to do. And I left that company. I brought it to Los Angeles. That was my step into the US. I'm half American, half German. So it was easy for me to, to move over. But I brought it to the United States and we had a falling out two weeks in. Literally, I was still in the hotel. Uh, three suitcases packed, changed my entire life. And I said, I'm going to leave. I can't do this again the way we had a different agreement. Um, and then I, you know, we talked for a day. We walked literally for five hours and we, we talked it all through. And I stayed for another nine months, but the time was at an end. 
And so I went into a first exploration phase in Los Angeles. And when, you know, a young boy from a 4,000 person town from Germany, wanting to dream big, coming to Los Angeles, there's a lot of distractions. You know, there's a lot of new things and for everything from parties to drugs to, you know, everything that you imagine that LA um, has to offer and also great people, but also this very superficial culture of wanting to get ahead. Can you help me? And how can I help? How can I help you? But that's not really the question. It's always, how can you help me? And I wanted to be in tech because I felt that tech had this massive opportunity where you don't necessarily need to be an expert in it if you are able to assemble the best people around you to do it. And so I felt that LA was not my place. I didn't want to become an actor. I didn't want to become a producer, even though I liked the idea. I even had a phase where I tested me being a photographer. I bought a camera, put on some nice glasses and a hat. And then I started, started shooting events and, and I thought maybe that's it, right? So I was on this journey to find my passion. But I learned that this sparkle that LA holds um, or the story that LA holds was not me. So that was another step in my journey where I felt, okay, there's an opportunity in the United States, but there might be different places. And so the next step, I had a company that I brought from the US to Germany in between because I needed money and I had to start working. I did some entrepreneurial concepts and I thought, I'm going to change the world and I'm going to write these projects. But I was not ready. I was really not ready. It was too superficial. There was no depth to these concepts. The ideas were great, but if you can blow life into an idea, it's just an idea. And so I was not ready yet to do what it takes to really take one of them off the ground. And so I joined another company that was in Germany and I brought it over. So somehow I became an expert in bringing companies from Germany to the US and vice versa. And that one was really interesting because it was an HR company. And the first time I got a call from a former board member that I worked with and he said, hey, I really think they want to go to the US. I think you're the right person. And I said, what do they do? And he said, HR. And I'm like, oh, I, I can't go back to that, to that space. He said, wait, they have a philosophy that employees run companies and that people are in the center of everything we do. And if we can build systems around people that support them, instead of putting people into the system as an element to make the system work, but rather elevate the person and build tools around them to make them find their perfect fit in the company and find ways to grow their talent and their skills and, and you know, to, to become a, a good, strong team member and a leader or a manager within the business. And I said, you got me there because the earliest experience that I talked about, it was not about the people. It was all about the profit. And then this one was all about the people. We had democratic leadership elections. Like we tried a lot of things. And so I joined the company and I said, well, if I can find a way that we can win customers that have 100, 200, 300,000 employees, and we help these employees live more fulfilled at work where we spend 60% of our time in life, which impacts our life, then they will take that energy to their families and to their network and they're happy and fulfilled and that will have a ripple effect. And so if Daimler, 300,000 people will work on a system that I, and that was before it happened, but if they would work on a system that follows our philosophy, we could impact millions of people. And so that was my driver. 
my driver was to make a dent in the in the universe. But then what was the learning? The learning from there was there's still politics and there's still a board and there's still a family manifesto that defines what we can do. And so I, I felt almost like in a cage where I had all these great ideas, what we could do, but I couldn't go there. And so I came after seven years, um, which was end of 2019, we came to the conclusion that it was not the right fit anymore for me and for them because they wanted to keep focusing on the German speaking market. I wanted to keep focusing on the US and go big. And so I exited and I decided to do it myself this time. I decided that I had enough experience. I went through this three times that I now am ready to do it myself. But that's kind of the layers that all brought me there. So I, I wouldn't really want to miss one. I kind of wish that I would have gone through them a little bit faster um, and, and started Solve. But there's always the right time. And a good friend of mine always says, go to the right place and wait, right? And then you will find the right time. And I think that's the case for me. I had to go through this journey to get to the right time and, and prepare myself for the right time. And the right time was 2021. And it's crazy because a lot of people would say the same thing about something like Clubhouse, right? Like you would have never thought that something like that would have been in the right place at the right time to blow up as big as it did. And so it's kind of all about positioning, right? Like, um, and I, I use this quote all the time is, I think it was Will Smith who said something like, I don't have to get ready, I stay ready, you know, so that you are in that moment so that someone can literally pick up the phone and say, this is your moment, right? Um, and not that that actually happens, like you might be picking up your own phone to say, this is my moment. But, um, but I think that that's very interesting that, you know, your over and over again experience was like, I now told myself I'm ready. You know what I mean? Like I was okay at this point, you know, this particular time to just go for it. And just kind of in that um, way, like, were, you, you mentioned that you had just come back um, when we did this all from this conference web 3.0, kind of this whole experience. And so I'm curious to see from your perspective, like are the people that you were interacting with at that particular event, are they ready for what is coming next? Are, do you feel like what you have to offer in this version, because I'm going to say this version of Solve, because I know that you've got things going on <laughs> you know what I mean? um, in, in this particular wave of solve, um, you know, are people ready for it? Do people um, that you encounter? Cause I know I was per like happily surprised at my experience on it because I thought, wow, you know, there's so many things involved in putting it together. Number one, getting people to show up. <laughs> um, number two, that people actually came with like great nuggets of information. And then number three, it's like, people wanted to like hang out after, you know what I mean? Like that whole, that's, that was like the social aspect of it to me was like, I actually made friends, you know what I mean? So are people ready for what you're giving them? And do you have anything in your like toolbox that you're saving that you can share? To your question about NFT NYC, the Web3, you know, where I felt an energy I haven't felt my entire life, it really, impacted me and every day since I came back because it was an energy and I couldn't point a finger on it. I always try to understand the principle of things and why things are happening. And I was, I always was, I wanted to be part of this dot com boom, right? And web 2.0 and I kind of missed it all, right? And it was, 
And so I felt this energy and I came back and I told Haley, I said, we got to get in this. And I have already been thinking about blockchain and how we could actually create creative ownership for all creators for a long time now. But I put it a little bit off or we put it off because we said we have intrinsic value um, as a product and as a service that comes out of it or for, for others, right? The content that you create uh, in a collaborative manner, um, there is intrinsic value. You don't need to add certain artificial value to it, right? In order for it to be valuable to somebody who has a question and who wants to find insights. But the energy was so, it, it got into me in a way where I felt I've never experienced this and I can see that it's coming and I understand the core principles. And then since I came back every day, I've been reading up on it and, and I've dive deep and, and really understand it. And, and I feel that a lot of people I met were high, are part of the hype, but there's also a lot of people I met that really believe that it's changing the world and that it's going to be part of a future and the way that we transact goods, the way that we deal with art, right. in in a digital space, we're living in a digital world, the way that we secure identities. Um, and all of these things, all of these aspects are things that I'm looking at in order to protect our community, to keep it authentic. Uh, that's my biggest, one of my biggest fears is that we have five Elon Musks and 10 Will Smith, like it was on Clubhouse. Like you had like all these, you know, people. And, and I, I take a stance for, we don't want that. This is not our community. Our community is a community where if you give me an insight, it's totally fair that I know who you are and, and that we have a conversation that is trustworthy and trust is a big piece of our community and our product. But again, this, this energy was so inspiring to me that it really did something that I'm actually absolutely excited about that we're looking into very, very concrete at the moment on how this can look like in the world of Solve and how we as a company can help the early masses transition into this Web3 space because it's very cryptic. The biggest friction is people don't understand it. And there's this very, very tiny percentage of the population that really grasps it because it comes from, we call it the nerds, right? The gamers, like they, they totally get it, right? They're like, it's the time for the like takeover of the nerds. But in order for it to find global adoption, we need to bridge the gap between the people that don't have this technical deep understanding and speak that language. It's a very specific language. And so I'm taking a pioneering approach and trying to understand it because once I can, I'm not this super technical deep guy. If I can understand it and I can bring it back in my language, then I think we can tap into the masses and we take it on as solve to solve these problems. As the brand says, we want to help this global community engage in these new trends. So that's to, towards that. So to your other question, we have a lot of great things in the pipe. And I think one thing that always gets overlooked and to your question, are people ready? The same with clubhouse and all the audio apps, you know, that are, that are out now, I feel there was a hype and. I'm a big believer in understanding your product strategy really well and understanding what your core product is, what the psychological need is that you're solving for people to have a sustainable business. And I think there's a lot of apps out there right now that did not do this exercise. 
I think they jumped on a hype and I feel for Clubhouse, they did solve a psychological need that was temporary. And it's still temporary, it's still lasting, but it was because people literally were seeking connection and they were seeking conversation and they were seeking a window to, into an outside world because they were locked in. And I feel, you know, the rise and fall, um, I want to say carefully, but the rise and fall of Clubhouse is because of that. Because the moment I always said, once people will go out, like nobody wants to sit on two, three hour conversations. Like we have stuff to do. And the need for direct human conversation is so much bigger. And I didn't like that you have to sit in, you never know what you get. Right. I was just on a clubhouse with Oprah. I was like, oh, I literally check it out every now and then. And then Oprah was suddenly there. I'm like, wait, 2000 followers. That can't be her. And then she started talking. I'm like, that is her. And it was the first time she was on. And it was fascinating. It crashed um, uh, because she crashed the room because she had too many people trying to join in. But that's OK. You know, like that's that will happen to us, hopefully. And that's a good sign. But it was interesting. I think all these apps, like all the influencer apps and creator apps are extremely targeted to the top 1% who are already creating. That's fine, but it still doesn't give the rest of the world a voice. And that's what we want to change with social podcasting. We want to allow people to show up, be who they are. Don't worry about moderation. Don't worry about writing something or making it look good. You get all these services from Solves. All we ask you to is share your perspective, share your insights on that question. And if you're stuck, don't worry, because the next panelist will come up in 30 seconds and they will keep carrying on the conversation. And you're part of these of this conversation that who you never know who will listen to this solve that might be exactly in the point that you are in and can relate to you because we relate through similarities. And so everything that we designed in solve is the idea of giving people peers Right. And as they grow, you find new peers that are similar. Right. But giving people this idea of if you have only 50 followers, there's other people on Solve that have only 50 followers. If you have a million followers, uh, followers, there's one with 1.2. So you might want to make that person and listen to those solves because you want to learn from that person. But then you also want to interconnect them. And, you know, and, and make one the expert and, and one the receiver of the knowledge and vice versa. So it's it's this format that allows for this global, equal, and diverse conversation to happen and to hopefully activate, even if we would only activate a second percent of the population to start bringing out a voice, the world would be a better place. And that's what we're trying to do. Well, you mentioned something that really brought it to my mind, which was when I started podcasting, the best thing that people, best piece of advice people would tell me is be a guest on other people's podcasts. And I was like, but nobody wants me to be a guest on their podcast because number one, I'm not promoting anything. And then two, I just started my podcast. So they're like, oh, you don't even have anything, right? And what I love about Solve is that there's the option when you are creating your Solve to hand select and invite whomever it is that you want to be on your panel or open it up, right, to the rest of the community and have people volunteer to be on your solve. And I feel like that is such a huge game changer to the small creator who just wants to get out there, like you said, have voices be heard, um, and really just wants to be on a panel, right? And, and to not necessarily to prove themselves, but it gives 
authority if you are on that panel without even having ever said anything. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the keys that I think a lot of people are missing in all of these things because I was actually just talking to, um, I work with this creator manager for LinkedIn. And I had mentioned that somebody rolled out newsletters to everyone who has creator mode on, on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. And someone had actually posted a comment saying, oh, they've lowered the bar. And now everyone who has creator mode on can now have a, a newsletter on LinkedIn. And I said, you know what? And I actually had to post a comment and say, every single time there's a brand new feature on any sort of social media platform, they roll it out to the same people to the same 1%. And then those voices continually get the goods. And it reminds me of, you know, when people go to gifting suites in Hollywood, right? And I've been to them and it's fine. It's fun. It's, it's whatever it is. And a lot of people think it's just kind of bouge and whatever, yeah. but you're giving people free stuff who can afford to buy it. Right. And it's kind of like this reverse psychology of what, like, if you're giving the free stuff to the people who can afford it, why don't we give the free stuff to the people who are just like craving it, who would love to like test it out and be the person to, you know, sing the praises. Right. And it reminds me of that. When I got on to solve, I was like, you can either select the people, right. That you want to invite. And if, if nobody gets on, then it does open it up to the community, or you can go the opposite way, which is just, tell it, you know, I want three or four guests or however many you decide. And then it opens it up to the community to say, I want to be part of this conversation because I have some value to add to it. And I don't know if that was the intention behind it, but that's what I got from just that one feature of Solve. It was actually, it's uh, to, to be fair, it, it's definitely to create a global conversation. We need to invite new people into our conversations. It, otherwise we don't, right? We stay in our bubble. I asked my friends, I, you know, you reached out to me to come onto this, to this talk. And, uh, I know there's a lot of work going into this and you're an expert in, in, I am fascinated by the amount of social profiles that I, that, that you have. And it, it, you know, we're, we're building it up, but that's the, the key is if you want to feel comfortable with somebody that, you know, that's okay. Start there, take your buddies, take your friends, right? You have, you can do 10 solves. If it's not the best solve, it's fine. It's just not going to go get populated a lot, but you practiced, right? And, but if you're willing to open it up to the community, you now have an opportunity to create meaningful connections, create new friends. And we just talked about this last night, you know, Haley said, I feel I've gained, and she runs all the solves. So she literally, or most of them, not anymore. We had too many now that we had to expand, but while we're with it before we have the app out, but she said, I made so many new friends. Like it's such a friends maker and it's, it's fascinating. And we even hire people already from the community. We never knew that now work with solve. And this idea of a strong network can take you further than any sales or marketing pitch that, and the limitation for many to be able to create that because they're not in the right city. They are not in the right place in the world they might not have the guts to put them out there. Um, whatever it is that it takes, networking is a lot of work. And so we felt if you can have a conversation with somebody on a very specific question, it's not about what can you do for me and what can I do for you? It's about three to five perspectives on that question, which then allow for a follow-up conversation that's a, wow, 
we create it together. Now that's really cool, right? We have a win in our pocket. Now I can connect with you and you know that I invested in you and you invested in me. And that way we can have a follow-on conversation and potentially Sandra, you and I will be business partners for life, right? Because we were on one solve, who knows, but we're already here. And, and that's the idea. If we can, if we can accelerate that, I think we have, we, we do something that, that really makes a difference in people's lives. And, and, and that's the, the goal. Definitely. And I, I know that I sent you a few questions that I never even touched on, but I feel like I've had you for what, 30 some minutes this morning. And I know you've got a lot of problems to solve, right? And I feel <laughs> like you probably get that a lot, <laughs> but I had to put one of those in there. So what is one thing, just as kind of like a last question for you, what's something that people would be surprised to know about you? Maybe that I didn't go to college. So I, after high school, and I was at the high school that basically you want to get to in order to go to college, the system in Germany is slightly different and you have to go through 13, 13 uh, years of, of school. And I always wanted to be a fashion designer, funny enough. That was, I have this deep rooted and when Solve is successful and uh, hopefully also allows me to do some other things, maybe we'll create a purpose brand. You know, there's, if you're willing to, to go your way, there's, you know, to find your way, um, there's always a way. And I found mine by just throwing myself into the world and figuring out as I go. That is a great way to end this episode of Sweet Bites with Sandra of the podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. Kelly Mack, founder and CEO of Solve. If you haven't done your first Solve, get onto the platform because it is, and I've only done one so far, but it is life-changing. It definitely helped me rethink how to really be present in real time literally as the time goes down. Um, so it definitely helps you refocus your, um, your knowledge to speak in sound bites almost. And, and those are those amazing nuggets that I think a lot of people will be taking with them from every single solve. So get on to solve, do your first one, even if it's completely, uh, you know, all over the place, you will understand the value of it once you're done with that first solve and you hear it back, it will be life-changing. And I've already made three different, three new friends just from one solve. <laughs> um, and, and so I definitely encourage you to do them and more too, because as he said, um, great things beyond this first version of solve are in the works. And I know that as it evolves, um, you know, those bells and whistles that I think a lot of people expect with a lot of different apps that come out will be different kinds of bells and whistles because the purpose that you talk about, you just talked about potentially having a fashion line with purpose. Um, I think that that definitely is inside of everything that you do, especially in a solve. So think about that as you go into serving whoever it is that is going to be listening to your solves, that we're in it all together in a collaborative way on a solve to help people figure out whatever it is in that one little 15 minute segment. So um, thank you so much for joining me, Kelly. And um, I look forward to doing more solves with you and all of the community on solve. Um, if you have any questions, uh, definitely hit up. I think he has a new Twitter as of- I did actually, I, yeah, I actually started. <laughs> I just my, thought my the name was I awesome. I feel so ashamed. You know, you like people expect you to have all these uh, accounts, and 
Um, we'll, we'll talk about this uh, on a solve and then how to, how to create a good Twitter account. But yes, I do have a new Twitter. Well, uh, I thought Solver it, it reminded one, me uh, of Ready Player One because it's Solver One. And I was like, yes. Um, so hit them up and, you know, make sure that you create those solves because everybody has a perspective that you should be sharing, um, especially as we go into this crazy and not so perfect world of 2020 to 2022. Make your voice known. Thank you so much for joining me and have a really great day. Thank you, Sandra. If you would like to sponsor an episode of Sweet Bites with Sandra, make sure to send an email to info at sandracoltamedici.com. Include in the subject line, be a sponsor.